0: Madison is going to make her way up. Madison's going to sing for us today. Always good to have you, Madison, to come and share your, your talents with us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Madison. I know some of you were looking for notes to take on a sermon outline, and I did that intentionally today because, uh, under God's leading, for the next few minutes, what I'd like to do is just take us through a a post resurrection story. We we've been fo- focusing a lot on Easter and. In, in the cross and Jesus on the cross. Uh, we looked at Palm Sunday a couple Sundays ago and last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday and, and Jesus was a Jesus was alive up to that Friday and then they and then they remember they nailed him to the tree and they killed him and they took him off of the cross and they and they placed him in a tomb and they rolled that big seal in front of it to be no more. False. The truth of the matter is that three days later, he came victorious out of the grave. And that's why we're here today. Church, had that not happened, guess what? We could stay home. We could be fishing. We could be in the mountains. We could be at the beach. We could do whatever we want to. But that happened. That fact took place. Jesus rose from the dead. And that's why I stand before you today. Let's look at Luke chapter 24. And as I said, under God's leading. Let's go through an event that took place after the resurrection. We don't like to talk about death, do we? We don't like to talk about losing loved ones, do we? But the comfort we have is that Jesus rose again, and that's our hope for the future. Not only for our loved ones that has gone before us, but for you and I. That's our hope. Well, Jesus is dead according to what took place on the cross, according to scripture, he died. According to scripture, Christ came back to life. But according to many, once that happened, many did not believe that Jesus was alive. And that's what I want us to see this morning as we look at this Very interesting story that we've read many, many times before. A post-resurrection message. And I'll just entitle it this. An unforgettable encounter. Have you ever said, I'll never forget that as long as I live? Well, the story I want to read to us this morning and make a couple of points about it is a story that these characters in this story will never, ever forget. They will remember it as long as they live. And I want us to try as best we can to climb inside the brain, to to climb inside the heart and the mind of these people that we'll read about today and see what God will teach us. Can I encourage us just to allow God to teach us for just a few minutes this morning? Don't leave here saying, boy, that was a waste of time. Leave here saying, boy, I'm glad I came to worship Christ today. The preacher wasn't very good, but what the Scripture said is very good. Let me read one verse before we go to Luke 24, and that's in Acts chapter 1, verse number 3. We find these words To whom he, Jesus, also presented himself alive After his suffering By many infallible proofs Being seen by them during forty days And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God If you highlight in your Bible or underline You need to to highlight this. Presented himself alive. Why did Jesus present himself alive? Not just to give the apostles confidence to preach Christ crucified, but to give them the confidence to preach Christ risen and alive. After his suffering, many infallible proofs 40 days 40 days from the time he was he came out of the tomb until he was until he ascended into heaven 40 days Luke chapter 24 The first 12 verses talk about the resurrection And what happened there when when the women went there to the tomb that morning. And and what they found. And we know what they found. They found an empty tomb. So I won't read that. Uh, We read that mostly last week. But go down to verse 13. And here's the encounter I want us to to try to to look at and try to get into uh, if we can. Verse 13. Now again. Lots of people, most everybody did not believe that the resurrection took place. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. So they leave Jerusalem, headed to Emmaus. And they talked together all of all these things which had happened. So we got these two men walking down the road to Emmaus, Discussing among themselves. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Jesus trailing in behind them. You with me? You're walking down the road, talking about what has happened, the death of Jesus. Jesus is no longer alive. We don't believe it. And here Jesus appears, verse 16. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, and so he turns and he, and, he, and he says to this person, they didn't know who it was, so he turned and says to this person, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? Where have you been? You hadn't heard all that has taken place? And he said to them, listen, Jesus, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Third day, resurrection, verse 22. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those uh, who were with us went up to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets, all that the prophets had spoken. Verse 26, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And listen, they're still on this road. They're still walking. They're still conversing. They're still trying to figure out who this is. Jesus is saying what things, playing, playing like he didn't know what was going on. Verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself and began to teach them over again. Remember, they probably had already heard this before. So he begins to, re- to remind them of the scriptures and the things concerning himself. Verse 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far apart, is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. So he goes to their house. This is what happens in verse 30. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. You think they possibly could have seen that before? What does that sound like? The Lord's Supper. 31, then their eyes, listen, then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. Now listen, they had already walked 7 miles one way, and look what they do in verse 33. So they rose up that very hour, or some translations say, immediately. What do they they turn around and go back to where they came from and found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together, saying the Lord is risen indeed and and has appeared to Simon and they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he had known, th- uh, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now listen as Jesus appears to the to the disciples. Now as they said these things, Jesus Himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, "Peace to you." But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed and supposed they had been they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, "Listen." to These two questions. Jesus says, "Why are you troubled?" Then he says a second question Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet That it is I myself Handle me and see For his spirit does not have flesh and bones As you see I have When he had said this He showed them his hands and his feet But while they still did not believe For the joy and the, and the amazement He said to them Have you any food here? So they gave him some fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Listen to what he does. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. What was he trying to do? He was trying to reassure them that I am alive. He was trying to show them that what he taught from the Scriptures way back when, that really happened. That is real. That's, that's for, for, for true. Verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But, uh, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued endured with power from on high. That's the Holy Spirit's power. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was that he was parted from them and carried into heaven. These two verses I want us to get as we wrap it up right here. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And the scripture says amen. So so three things. One What Jesus did here was he gave these folks a clear understanding of what the Bible really means. He he gave these people that he appeared to after his resurrection. and, And experts tell us that he appeared to some 500 people after the resurrection. was the gift of assurance. What I'm telling you is true. What I've told you would take place took place. And then here's where I want to really challenge us right here, church. Please, hang in in with me. I know it's 1158. I understand that. It's 1158. But let's look at this. There's a promise and there's a task. There's a promise and there's a great task. I believe the message is clear that we just read. I believe what the scripture says that Christ suffered and that he died and he was raised again according to the scriptures. But, church, we have the message. We have the message. But there's a task that goes along with the message. And here's the task. You ready? You ready? This is, going, this is going to hit us where it hurts. This is going to hit us where it hurts. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Our task is to make this known. Is to make this known. It's quite obvious that people aren't waiting in lines in these two doors, in that back door to get into this church every week. That's a no-brainer, isn't it? That's a no-brainer. People aren't lined up. People aren't parked all the way to June Burn Road trying to walk to get into this church. Neither are they doing that anywhere else across this great land. And see, as I think about that, that makes your and my calling, your and my election even more important and more serious about telling people the story that we just read, that Jesus is alive. We don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a risen Savior who is alive. And see, in my heart of hearts, I want to think that's why Jesus gave his disciples the great commission that we are to go. It doesn't say anything about sit. It says that we're to go into all the world. In our world, you know what our world is? Right out these doors, right here in this community. Let's narrow it down. Let's, let's go a five-mile radius from right here. Let's say that's our world, five-mile radius. We are in the EPC, Evangelical Presbyterian Church. and Some of you may not know what that is. But it's a great denomination. Very mission-minded, very evangelistic. Listen to what our... Uh, EPC stated clerk said I quote he God has called us to be part of his church and in being part of his church we are to carry out his great commission as Presbyterian Reformed Evangelical and missional congregations we're convinced that this is what he wants us to do to the glory of God, the EPC family aspires to be a global movement of congregations engaged together in God's mission through transformation, multiplication and effect- effective biblical leadership, embodying Jesus' love to our neighbors near and far. I don't know how much plainer that can be. That's a statement. That's a missional statement for the denomination that we're in. And it scares me sometimes that we're not involved in what we voted to be a part of. Listen to this. I read a quote one day recently. I shared this with one of our elders. And it goes this way. We don't need a new definition of the gospel. What we need is a demonstration of the gospel. So at four minutes after twelve, I wonder how many of you gonna join me in demonstrating the gospel? Would you? Would you join me in that? You don't have to be a member of this church. You'll be a member of whatever church. Would you join me? in demonstrating the gospel and that word gospel means good news and folks I'm all about good news I'm all about good news I hate bad news I hate it don't need a new definition just need a demonstration would you join me Father thank you for your word today thank you for the message that you have given us And Lord, I I know without a shadow of a doubt that you were in this message. I know you were. Because 75% of what Mike Louder put down on paper did not come out of Mike Louder's mouth. And I know the reason for that is because we did not need to hear what Mike Louder needed to say. We needed to hear what God the Father needed to say. And God the Son and God the Holy Spirit needed to say to us today. So Lord, as we leave this place today, may our hearts be challenged and that we buy into this quote that we don't need a new definition of the gospel, but what we need is a demonstration of the gospel. May that be the prayer of our hearts today to demonstrate the love, the good news of Christ Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. A hymn of dedication, number 301. Let's stand as we sing.